Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome back to Cotton Grower Magazine's Cotton Companion Podcast. This is Jim Stedman, Senior Editor of Cotton Grower. And like many of you across the cotton belt, we're falling out a bit and, and thankful to have power back on and ice melting after winter storm Landon dropped a, a pretty good glaze across most of the South uh, and even stirred up some other nasty weather over in other areas. I certainly hope everyone is safe and warm and ready to move one step closer to this planting season. As we record this, we are days away from the National Cotton Council's annual meeting where we'll hear the NCC's annual economic outlook and acreage prediction for the year. It's also the changing of the guard, so to speak, with new officers elected and numerous awards presented. And I'm sure it will give us plenty to talk about in our next episode. But today, we have a follow-up of sorts to our discussion about cotton and some of the other segments that rely on a steady, reliable, sustainable supply of quality cotton lint. Last episode, we discussed the apparel industry, why they consider current cotton prices to be a problem, and why that thinking's a bit misguided. Well, today we're gonna to continue our downstream focus for cotton. So we visit with Jennifer Crumpler, who is BASF Regional Seed Sustainability Manager and Fiber Development Manager, about some of the activities that the E3 Sustainable Cotton Program recently conducted to spread the word about the value of cotton sustainability. She'll be with us in just a moment, so be sure to hang around. But first, just a couple of news items from the industry. Americot has announced a new 2022 variety that will be NG3299B3XF to its expanding next-gen product line. This is a new early to medium maturity variety. It is widely adapted for most cotton belt geographies. Contains obviously the Bolgard 3 Extend Flex technology for weed and insect management. It offers good, excuse me, excellent heat tolerance, easy management, very good storm tolerance, and high yields with an excellent fiber package. And you can certainly find out more about that variety uh, online at americot.com. And congratulations are in order for Dr. Amy Kimura, who is Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service Agronomist based in Vernon, Texas, who received the 2022 Dr. J. Tom Cothran Outstanding Young Cotton Physiologist Award. That's sponsored by Corteva and Phytogen, and that was presented during the Beltwide Cotton Conferences in January. Congratulations also to Juan Landivar, who's director of the Texas A&M AgriLife Research and Extension Center at West Laco and Corpus Christi. He was uh, honored during the Beltwide with the Outstanding Career Research Award in Cotton Agronomy for his decades-long contributions to the industry. And finally, Bradley Wilson is the newly named Extension Cotton Specialist for the University of Missouri He's going to be based at the Fisher Delta Research Extension and Education Center in Portageville, Missouri. And now let's welcome Jennifer Crumpler with the E3 Sustainable Cotton Program into the Virtual Cotton Companion Studio. She's making a return appearance to the podcast. Uh, the last time, I believe, was January 2020, following the Beltwide meeting in Austin. We've visited several times since, and I'm happy to welcome her back to the Cotton Companion. Jennifer, how are you doing today? What's new? Oh, yeah. Hey, Jim. Um, yes, it is great to be back and great to chat with you again um, and to be on the podcast and on the show. And, you know, it is it seems like um, 2020, man, it seems like it's ages ago versus just two years, doesn't it? <laughs> A lot has happened um, in the world in two years. Um, you know, it's it, a lot's been happening with E3 and in general. But I think we've just seen with cotton, you know, um, it's just had a lot of. Um, 
excitement, whether it's good or bad excitement around it the past two years. So it's been a fun time, um, an exciting time to be in the world of sustainability and in the world of cotton here in the U.S. Yeah, no question about it. Well, you mentioned the E3 program. Uh, you take a moment and kind of give us an update on the program, sort of its, its current status, how many growers you have involved, some of the advantages the program's providing to, uh, to the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, you know, Jim, we are really excited. Um, you know, I think when we kind of first launched our E3 program years ago, um, it was kind of looked at maybe as a little bit before its time. I think we were, you know, in sustainability before sustainability was cool. Right. So over the last few years, though, we've been really excited to really see the industry as a whole um, kind of jump into sustainability, learn, understand that, you know, transparency, traceability is important for our farmers to really get, you know, credit for what they've been doing for many years um, and really helping that supply chain understand. So at BASF, our E3 Sustainable Cotton really um, is our sustainability program. We call it E3 because it really stands for the three E's of sustainability. Um, we, you know, talk about being socially equitable, economically viable, and environmentally responsible. And that's really what guides, those three pillars really guide our program and the different activities and things that we do. And really my passion behind the program um, and really behind U.S. Cotton. So, you know, for growers to be enrolled, um, if they are purchasing our Stoneville or Fiber Max Cotton, they can then, you know, talk to their rep about being enrolled. Um, and what we do is we map out their fields um, in our digital platform that we use, My Farms. We, uh, you know, capture sustainability metrics um, around that, meaning everything from what the growers are spraying on it, if the field is irrigated, non-irrigated, um, a lot of different data points. And we put that in our platform, and then we work with different textile mills and brands downstream to be able to help them understand, you know, when they make a commitment to source sustainable cotton or source U.S. cotton, what does that mean? And then really, you know, provide that transparency and traceability of the supply chain um, because we do require our growers to provide us with their Bell IDs. And that really is just so when we, you know, have downstream partners that say, hey, yes, I want U.S. cotton or I want to source this cotton, then we can work with them for them to understand okay, if you, you've got this, here's E3, we can certify it. And then, hey, here is the data sustainability metrics around the cotton that you're sourcing and the impact that you're having on the environment. Sure. Now, you know, obviously we know sustainability is, you know, like you said, has, has kind of come top of mind for, uh, for a lot of folks in the cotton industry. Uh, obviously it's been growing for several years. We've got a lot of programs out there, uh, including US Trust, Pro Trust Protocol, uh, and I think all of these programs sort of, sort of really kind of supplement each other, as as I'm as I sit back and look at yeah. it. Uh, and it, it you can you can always tell when something has finally made it in this business when it gets its own session at the Beltwide Cotton Conference. Yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. But uh, you know, and obviously, like you said, a lot of that's being driven by customers, retail level. They like the transparency, knowing where their cotton's coming from. Uh, and it's a significant education process. Uh, so tell me about, you recently brought a group of textile and fashion editors together for a virtual tour of, of Cotton's journey, really from the farm to the retail shelf. Tell me a little bit about that program, where that idea came from, and, and what, uh, what kind of reactions you got from the folks who participated. 
Yeah. So um, actually, Jim, it was, it's been really exciting for me over the past two years to see um, really our downstream partners when the light finally clicks to them and we're able to bring out um, brands, retailers, and they finally, you know, for the, maybe even some for the first time to see cotton or to talk mm-hmm. to a farmer. And to me, that is, it's really exciting. And I, you know, I love when my growers, I've got so many of them I've met from California, Arizona, Texas, all over who are like, look, you know, at any time you want to bring brands out to visit, you know, we'd love to host them. Um, so back in 2019, we actually launched what we call our farm to fashion event. And we um, brought in 2019, we brought in, you know, pre-COVID, we brought in close to a um, hundred different people from different brands, retailers, textile mills globally. Um, we had media mm-hmm. in and they were able to come in and visit, walk the fields, talk to the farmers. And the response was so overwhelming that we knew, okay, hey, there is that disconnect and something's missing in that space. So the event we recently had kind of grew from that. Um, you know, like we talked about a lot, it's happened in the past two years. And I think would we, um, I don't think we'd get through the podcast without talking about COVID. So, you know, COVID in 2020 <laughs> brought its own challenges. And we said, you know, we've got to figure out a way to get supply chain back talking and bring, um, if we can't do an event face-to-face, then is there an opportunity to do a virtual event? And so that's exactly what we did. We hosted our virtual farm to fashion tour um, and we brought everyone in the supply chain. So we hosted them for almost, we kind of called it our E3 road trip. So we set it up um, so that it was a road trip through the supply chain. So we had two um, growers, so Mark from Hardwood Planning Company down in, on the podcast, if you're familiar with Marshall and Mead, and um, those guys were just representing the industry, you know, talking about their farm, right. you know, they've done, um, do a lot of great sustainability practices and things on their farm. Um, and then from there, we had um, Eric Goldstein from Vidalia Mills. So as many know, Vidalia Mills is a new um, mill that startup mill that is down in Vidalia, Louisiana. And so, you know, a lot of the, all the continent they source is really from a 500 mile radius or less um, of the mill. And so it's a lot of the cotton from the hardwoods ends up at the mill. Um, and so they were able to talk about what happens at that part of the supply chain and why they've chosen to be 100% E3 cotton because of the traceability piece of it. Um, and then we brought in um, a brand. So Trinidad Garcia um, the third, he actually started a brand called Trinidad Three Jeans. Um, for me, I love the story that Trinidad tells because he is a former machine gun, um, former military but then he took his GI Bill, went to design school in California. Um, and now his whole passion is devoted with his brand of Trinidad Three Jeans of, you know, getting veterans back to work and really being sourced in the USA, made in the USA, cut and sewn in the USA. So, you know, that night, really the editors and all, they were able to hear the story and talk to every person in the supply chain. And I think it was really unique on uh, you know, at one point to see everybody in the supply chain from BASF, who has our science and our breeders bringing the cotton to market, our farmers all the way through to the textile mill. And then that final end person who is, um, you know, a Trinidad, those guys are selling their jeans online or they actually, um, you can pick them at Nordstrom's as well. You know, it was just such a unique opportunity for um, the brands to be able to see and, you know, for the um, media that was present. We had editors from Women's Wear Daily, 
Martha Stewart Living, Southern Living, the Zoe Report, International Fiber, Fiber Journal. And it's been really exciting to see from that, you know, the articles that have been written and just the conversations that we're continuing to help start and start, um, you know, and to be a part of. That's great. Now, I think you also uh, were able to get your message in front of the FFA group uh, through that FFA Blue Room virtual event at their uh, national convention. Yeah. Uh, tell me about that. What you were able to, what what were you able to share with, uh, with this group? Yeah. So for any of the listeners, um, you know, I'm sure that many of our growers and others out in the rural communities are even not um, FFA. At some point in their life, it has touched them and it has influenced them. For me, FFA is the reason that I got in agriculture. Um, you know, I did grow up with horses and grew up with different things. But my FFA advisor um, was the one that said, you know, Jennifer, let's try something. And so I think in my development growing up in FFA, I pushed myself, but I also pushed him um, because he was used to doing land judging and forestry and that sort of stuff. And then here I was, I was like, I just don't think so, Mr. Roberts. Like, I'd rather do the public speaking and parliamentary procedure. And I just remember just shaking his head at me and saying, well, okay, I guess we're going to try it. I was the one that got you involved. Um, and so for me, it's just, I, I love FFA. And um, so for the past couple of years, FFA has offered what they call their blue room. And you can apply to go in to be a part of the blue room to address national FFA and talk to the students that are there. And this year um, for the blue room, the theme was all around supply chains and creating sustainable supply chains. What does that mean? And you know, really helping these students who are, you know, future generation who are soon to be graduating high school, going out into trade work or going into, you know, going to college, um, helping them understand the supply chain issues. Um, So for me, it was exciting because we were able to take kind of that step from our farm to fashion event, but then, you know, it's such a great message that it can be told to the audiences. And it was great to be able to tell that supply chain story through National FFA, um, and really, you know, for us, when we think about it, you know, that blue jacket, so many of us wore the memories we have in that jacket. It's kind of like, you know, that's what I really think about when I think about the supply chain is, you know, all the memories that went together to form my passion and the reason I love FFA. That's what really, you know, the passion of everyone in that supply chain who helped come together to make that jacket from the farmers all the way through, through the meal you know, it's that story and that, you know, piece of it. So it was a great opportunity. Um, I loved it. Um, every bit of it, you know, and, but for me, I just, um, I love the organization and what it does. So I've gotten really excited over the past couple of years to be able to, you know, give back and be involved. And that's, and that's great because this is an important message to get, uh, get in front of that group because yeah. this, I mean, basically this is agriculture's next generation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, these are, these are the things they need to be aware of and knowing and, and being part of at this point as they move into into their careers. Absolutely, and you know when you think about it, um, you know they're are the, they're the new consumer. They're going to be the future consumer, and you know there's not many. They you know they they're smart. The new students are very very smart, and I love the fact that they ask the questions and the tough questions, and they don't take things off surface value. And, you know, they are the ones that are asking, okay, well, why is that label on that? Well, what do you mean when you say this is sustainable? Well, prove that to me. And I think for me, that's exciting because that is what the industry needs. And I'm excited for, you know, the next generation and where they're going to take and how they are going to push, you know, whether it's cotton or agriculture in general, you know, to help continue to push to tell our story of what we're doing to help 
satisfy them as a consumer. And so to me, it's so exciting. It is. It's exciting. And it's also a little intimidating when you realize, right? <laughs> you know, the types of yeah. questions you're getting from them. It's like, mm, I don't. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wait, hold on. I, I haven't had to think about that. You know, and you think about <laughs> some of the things you're like, okay, hold on. Let me think back. Um, they're so much smarter than me when I was in high school and college for FFA. Right. Okay. How do I answer this question? <laughs> yeah. But that, you know, either way, I mean, it's, it's, it's great to have them involved. Um, let couple couple last questions yeah. here. We're obviously we've got growers who have either finalized plans or in the process of finalizing plans for this year's crop. But what's on E3 schedule this year? Yeah, I'm really excited because the program has grown tremendously. We have over 800 growers who are enrolled in the program from every cotton growing state this year. So we're really excited about that. Um, and for E3, the one thing I think that we really are excited about is that, you know, there's a lot of changes that's happening. Um, whether we look at cotton sourcing, whether we look at what's happening um, from a policy standpoint, we're seeing some states that are now moving to require brands to show, hey, what's your supply chain? So for us, you know, Jim, we've got some exciting partnerships that will be coming um, over the next year with some high level organizations on a global level. You know, we're constantly bringing, we have more brands. Um, so we're excited about, you know, being able to bring in some brands and do some partnerships and um, different opportunities and activities with them. Um, we're finalizing and we're hoping within the next um, couple of weeks, there'll be an announcement coming out about um, partnership with some conservation groups that we are working with on a, um, you know, international scale to really help with biodiversity and other things for our growers and opportunities for our growers on their land. Um, so a lot of good things coming. Um, you know, we will continue with a lot of the things we've been doing um, for E3 with reaching out on social media um, and some other plans. So a lot of good things. So just, you know, encourage the listeners to stay tuned, um, you know, follow E3 on social media. Um, we are on Facebook, Instagram at E3 Sustainable Cotton um, so that you guys can keep up with all the fun announcement and exciting announcements that will be coming um, really soon. That's great. Well, and, and before we close, uh, you do have a podcast of your own. Right. Yes, we do. And, you know, you've been on there, Jim. Um, we have had some phenomenal guests. Um, and so, yes, it's called The Modern Cotton Story. Um, and we uh, publish a new episode every Friday. And um, we um, it's been really interesting. So I'm sure, you know, with you guys, you learn every week. I feel like I learn something new about a podcast. Um, and the one thing I'm still trying to get used to is to listening to my own voice um, and hearing myself talk. But um, but yes, yeah, so we actually are been listened to um, in a little over 70 different countries. Um, and we've got some new statistics that came out in December from 2021, where we're actually trending in the top um, 10% of all podcasts globally. So been really exciting and really, you know, Jim, it's just been telling the story from, you know, we've had guests from farmers who have come on. We've had um, this week, I'm really excited because We'll have um, someone from the U.S. Trade Representative Office who's coming on talking about some of the new um, USMCA um, policies and other things that have happened. Um, and so, yeah, we um, really excited about the guests we've been able to get um, and the reach we've been able to have to really just kind of tell that story, you know, just like you guys are doing. Um, but just in a, you know, just our small world that we're able to do it. If our listeners want to uh, want to pick up a, an episode or, or join in, where would they find it? Yeah. So on any um, of the major podcast um, 
platforms that are out there and you just look up the modern cotton story and you can listen to it, hear all the past episodes. Um, you never know, you might hear someone on there that um, you know as well. So yeah, I really encourage you guys to do that. Sounds good. Jennifer, as always, this has just been a great discussion. It's always a pleasure to visit with you. Uh, it's you, This is something our growers, Jenners, and, and all the other segments of the industry need, need to keep in mind. And again, I thank you so much for taking time to join us today. And hopefully uh, we can catch up in person again sometime this year. Absolutely. Sounds great. And Jim, thank you um, so much for having me on. And, you know, I really just want to take a second and thank to the listeners, um, especially our cotton growers that are out there every day who, um, you know, without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. So, you know, just really appreciate their support as well. Sounds great. Thank you, Jennifer. And that's it for this episode of the Cotton Companion Podcast. Special thanks again to Jennifer Crumpler for joining me. And as always to you, dear listeners, for joining us. If you like what you hear on the Cotton Companion, please be sure to spread the word and tell your friends about this podcast. Here's where and how they can find us. You can find the Cotton Companion in three easy ways. First, go to cottongrower.com forward slash companion, or simply click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. Second, subscribe to our channel on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts these days. And three, sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, The Cotton Grower E-News, that's delivered to your email inbox every Tuesday morning. You can do that by going to cottongrower.com forward slash subscribe. Also, be sure to follow Cotton Grower on social media. We are at Cotton Grower Mag on Twitter. And on Facebook, you'll find us by searching for Cotton Grower Magazine. The Cotton Companion Podcast is produced twice monthly by Tyler Hatch and Kim Henderson, our talented colleagues at the World Headquarters for Maestro Media Worldwide in lovely but snow-covered Willoughby, Ohio. My name's Jim Stedman. I'll be back with you in two weeks with all the news from the NCC annual meeting in the next episode of The Cotton Companion. Till then, let's all stay safe. Yeah, he works and he works and he works and he works all day. God made fun.